Hey, Ravings and Cravings here, otherwise known as Ruth Hartunian Allenbaugh, with a show brought to you by the Wyndham Economic and Community Development folks, foodie people, and businesses from all over our listening area and beyond. I am one lucky girl today <laughs> because I have Brian Pascoe sitting across from me. And for those of you who've been drooling and waiting for this thing in Brooklyn to happen, it is it has happened. So Brian Pascoe, chef owner from Chef's Table at Little Dipper, Dipper Farm, is here with me. Welcome to Ravings and Cravings. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm excited for this. Yay. I, I know. I think the radio audience is all cheering now. I hear it. Wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big cheering and big round of applause. So I did post about my experience there. I was there last Saturday, so yeah, it was about that. a week ago. So it was very exciting. So there's so much to talk about. Tell us the nitty-gritty stuff, like address, hours, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so the name of the restaurant is Chef's Table at Little Dipper Farm. Mm -hmm. um, you can find us at 499 Wolf Den Road, right in Brooklyn, Connecticut. Um, the telephone number is 860-412-0038. Uh, for social media, right now we're just using Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, we're building up our Facebook. People keep asking, it's coming. Okay. Um, and then our website is chef's table at ldf.com. There you can book a reservation, you can reserve a private party, you can inquire about other events happening with the restaurant and the farm. Mm -hmm. um, please feel free to visit our website, it's got a ton of information right on there. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. I'll have you repeat that again because I'm sure people are going to want to know. Because when I put the post on Facebook, so many people <laughs> were like, where is this? Like, what's yeah. the address? And it was, it was a little dicey to find. So, I, you know, we want people to find you. Yes. For sure. <laughs> tell us about your background. Like, what brought you to Brooklyn? So, tell us the story. Okay. So, um, the scale way back, I, um, I went to Johnson, Wales mm -hmm. in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, I grew up cooking. It was something I always loved to do. And so I loved my first job. I was a dishwasher in a little catering place in my hometown of Havel, Mass. Mm -hmm. And he promoted me to the idea of going to school for it. And I went to Johnson Wales. Wow. And then from there, I just, I took an offer to take a job in San Francisco. And I fell in love with working in Michelin star restaurants. Wow. And making things from scratch mm -hmm. and working with beautiful produce and proteins. And I just love restaurants, mm -hmm. and uh, after that time, I went into Boston, and as I was growing up and becoming a full uh, operations leader as an executive chef, mm -hmm. I fell in love with the idea of opening my own restaurant, and mm -hmm. over that time, I it took me left, it took me right, I was <laughs> meeting a bunch of different people and uh -huh. trying to get things on board with my vision and project, and... Mm -hmm. A family friend connected me with a couple down here in Brooklyn, Connecticut, and mm -hmm. they needed a chef and they needed someone to help open a beautiful restaurant again on the property. And I took that offer and now we're full speed open and living the dream. <laughs> yeah. And it is such for anyone who's never been to this location, it's so bucolic, the farmland, the animals all around. The sunrise, well, you're not there early in the morning for breakfast, but the sunset, we'll see the sunset, right? Yeah. And then, you know, you get to enjoy the room that has a beautiful fireplace yeah. in there. And it's a beautiful setting. What, how would you describe a person's, like what you hope for as far as a person's dining experience when they come and visit? Yeah. So 
you know, we're a little bit of a throwback style of a restaurant, mm-hmm. an homage to what was there. Um, we offer full service hospitality, mm-hmm. meaning if you trust us and you take the long road down and you're down the country road and you're on a beautiful farm with a big, beautiful barn, mm-hmm. we'll be there to welcome you in. Yay. Um, and we'll take you to your table and we will offer a menu of your choice. Mm-hmm. Honestly, there's plenty of options on our menu. You're not stuck in a tasting menu where I'm trying to show off to you. It's mm-hmm. Things are scaled down a little bit. We make our own butter. We make our own bread. We start service the right way, and we allow you to expand upon the menu the way you see fit. Tell us some of the things on your menu. Yeah, so like I just said, a big fan favorite here is that we make our own butter. Yeah. Um, That's not an easy thing to do. It takes time. It Mm -hmm. takes multiple days to culture that cream just right. Mm -hmm. And then when we whip the butter, it starts to break, and now you have buttermilk and curd, and then we take the curd and whip that, and then that's our finished butter. But a fun play with that is we now have buttermilk. And that's a great ingredient in itself. Mm-hmm. And we make our own buttermilk dressing that goes on our greenhouse salad. So Ooh. everything that grows in the greenhouse with sunflower shoots and pea shoots mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that, it's tossed with a buttermilk dressing, mm-hmm. as well as that buttermilk is also a fun ingredient to use in pastry. And yeah. so we have a beautiful buttermilk panna cotta on the menu right now, too. I had that. <laughs> yeah? I had that <laughs> with the cool. blood oranges yep. on top. Yeah, so that's fun. That's, you know, we're a farm-to-table restaurant. We do as much as we can from the property. And obviously, blood oranges don't grow here. They don't no. grow east of the Mississippi. <laughs> no chance. Right. Um, but, you know, it's fun that we make our own buttermilk. What's paired with a highlighted ingredient. And mm-hmm. that highlighted ingredient is great with something like winter citrus like it comes with blood oranges mm-hmm. and pumelos and mm-hmm. really fun to capture both of those things together well and your butter is like it's like silk in your mouth it's yeah. so it's so creamy it's 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 not like the store bought yeah because it's softer yeah and then you use that butter with some other things on your menu too what else do you use that for yeah so um that butter goes into a lot of things so uh cooking our steak um, it's important to me that we cook a steak in a cast iron pan. We do it to order, mm. and it's a little bit old school. It's just salt, black pepper, let it rest, sear it properly, and then baste mm-hmm. it with our butter, and then allow it to rest again. I think the people at the table near us, were, <laughs> they had that, and they posted on Facebook saying, hey, we were the people who were yes, by you. That. And I was like, why didn't you share? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they... Pass your plate. <laughs> a lot of people come in and get the steak or a duck. We have a beautiful Rohan duck dish. And again, that's kind of like an homage of what was there before. Mm-hmm, you know, people mm-hmm. are asking me, they're like, chef, please bring duck back. All the people I met out here, they're like, I can't find duck anywhere. And I'm like, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so I love cooking it. Well, and I was also looking at things like your blueberry yeah. So the, dessert. Tell us about that. Okay, yeah. So the blueberry buckle. Yeah. That thing's been following me around my whole career. <laughs> All um, your life, right? Right. I grew up eating it every holiday. My Polish grandmother would make it. And um, the trick with that, and I'm not embarrassed to share this, is uh-huh. that you have to use frozen blueberries. The blueberries have to be frozen. You can't do fresh. Can't do fresh. Because? Because of the way the butter, that coffee cake has so much butter in it. You uh-huh. need to have it slowly rise. And the frozen blueberries whipped into the cake batter allows that to happen. Oh, see, you got that tip right here <laughs> yeah. on Ravings and Cravings on WILI. No, no extra charge for that one, right? <laughs> yeah, just going to come in and try it. <laughs> Excuse me. Tell us a little bit, too, about, like, you're talking about great hospitality. What does that mean? Yeah, so um, the re- way I vision this restaurant is to offer great hospitality, and mm-hmm. I want you to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's all planned. It's... 
at the table, there's not multiple silverware. All it is is a simple roll-up with a fork, knife, and spoon. Mm -hmm. And there's just a couple pieces of glassware and a share plate on the table. And when you order food, I want you to feel like you can share it. Mm -hmm. Or if you don't want to share it, that's okay, too. You can have your <laughs> own okay. dish. Yeah, and you don't have to share. <laughs> we're not pushing that on you. You're mm -hmm. kind of, we're allowing people to pick their own direction, and we're just going to help curate that experience with you on how to do beautiful farm-to-table food. And yeah. when you come and eat, you're not going to hear a phone ring. <laughs> you're not going to see an Uber driver looking mm -hmm. for their pickup. Mm -hmm. There is no gimmick. I come from a restaurant scene that right now it's kind of like a oncoming how do we make this work every day how do we survive as a business and mm -hmm. that's all there but you as a guest i don't want you to have to feel that story with me i mm -hmm. want you to just come in trust me mm -hmm. and take that long drive in and enjoy a beautiful little restaurant and that's all we need to be right now well <clears throat> the setting is beautiful and it's beautiful enough for a special occasion but it's also beautiful enough for just come and eat yeah totally I, I mean it's like from one end of the spectrum to the other it can be basically whatever you want it to be yeah right so it's not just for certain occasions or whatever it's just every everyday people eating food yeah good food definitely and it's you know it comes from the farm and mm -hmm. still does even in dead of winter <laughs> oh yeah now how does that work like you know a dead of winter so i know yeah. that you have uh, sarah on board yeah so what does she do and how does that work? Yeah, so Sarah's great. Sarah Anderson Mooney. She's, um, I'm inspired by her work every day. Mm -hmm. And even in the winter, we still have cabbage. We still have Brussels sprouts. Uh, you're getting that in the winter? Yeah, because it's all about how you store things. So oh. these things were grown on the property. Okay. They were in a wheelbarrow and they made it into my refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then it's how you wash it. Just like it. my kitchen, right? Yeah. You just wheel it right in. You'd be amazed if you keep things at a close circle in terms of how it's grown and how it's made and how it's served. Things, perishable things will last so much longer. Mm-hmm. And I'm amazed by that. I'm inspired every day by seeing what this produce can do and how it lasts. And it's not just, you know, get ready. We have a ton of beets about to hit the menu right now. I love beets. <laughs> right? I love beets too. And like, we even have some, you know, we did some cool, cool things with corn right towards the end of September and the beginning of October. We got this cream corn and lobster ravioli dish that's about ooh, to come out ooh, ooh, ooh. right around Valentine's Day. So I thought that would be perfect. Um, we're looking forward to it. I want to do a cream corn dish right in the middle of winter. Are you, like, how far in advance are you taking reservations then? Um, we're open. Come, we're open taking reservations all the way until next fall. Are you kidding? Yeah. You can find us on our website and make reservations or opentable.com. Yeah. All right. There you go. Tell us, I'm curious, what's the difference between what you really loved eating as a kid and what you love eating now as an adult? Any difference? Um... Inter oh, interesting. <laughs> okay, cool. So I, as a kid, my one of my grandmother's favorite little techniques was she loved onion soup mix, like the spice. Oh yeah. Like that dehydrated root vegetable I, onion and garlic powder. I love powder. your grandma. I just love your yeah. grandma. <laughs> she's awesome. Where is she? <laughs> oh, I know. She's she's loving this restaurant. I can promise you that. Um, she would use this dehydrated onion soup mix in almost everything she made. I'm like, how do all these things are different, but they taste the same? Like the onion dip with the <laughs> chips, the roasted root vegetables, the roasted chicken. like Meatloaf? She, yeah, meatloaf. Yes! She did like a Salisbury steak, which mm -hmm. was like her signature. Um, 
So I take that onion soup mix mm -hmm. and I'm trying to make our own right here on the farm. So mm -hmm. I dehydrate onions and garlic and some carrot peels. Oh, you make your own. And we're trying to, we're trying on it right now. Yeah, I'm yeah. still trying to figure it out. Um, but that spice is, or I love using that spice almost in anything. Like our bluefish pate, mm -hmm. the secret there is that onion soup mix spice. And we fold that into the cream cheese and sour cream. Ooh. Yeah. So, like, if you need anyone to, like, test things for you, <laughs> yeah. Brian, I'm here for you. <laughs> okay. okay I, just, I just want you to know that. I and I have a, I have a very refined palate. <laughs> yes. Awesome. And I'd be happy to contribute. Believe me. <laughs> but, so, that, would you fast forward that and say that that would be, like, your favorite now? So, the onion yeah. soup. So, but it has metamorphosized. Exactly. Exactly. From, now it's just, like, a favorite flavor profile. Well, let's say it's, like, my favorite dish from when I was a kid. No, mm -hmm. but it's a, it's that muscle memory of just what that flavor is mm -hmm. to me and um i love applying that in different things mm -hmm. is there anything you don't like to eat <laughs> i don't like to eat <laughs> um whoa great question yeah um bad chicken man bad <laughs> chicken that's bad like, that's chicken just, like, just poorly raised and slaughtered and taken care of conventional chicken mm -hmm, mm -hmm. such garbage mm -hmm. like, i love chicken when mm -hmm. i first had like real pasture raised chicken like that was properly maintained and slaughtered and all that was uh -huh. like epiphany to me i was like no wonder there's so many classic french dishes where all it is is mirepoix like onions carrots mm -hmm. celery a little garlic mm -hmm. and then chicken and then water and now you have like the base recipe of something magical yeah yeah it's like wow this is chicken stock <laughs> like this is like yeah. a foundational element to a cuisine um, so like, that's how I feel. I feel like bad chicken just like makes me sad. Funny, funny story. I, you know, I give piano lessons and I don't mind bartering. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And one of the families gave me a chicken for a Christmas gift. <laughs> one of their own frozen and one that was free range and that was fed well. And that thing was twice as big as a chicken, maybe even three times as big as what you'd see in, in a store. And I baked that baby and I was like, when does the meat ever end? It's so, <laughs> it's so good. It tastes, but it, yeah. so many things are good about it. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll work for chicken. Yeah. yeah good right? for good chicken. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's an, it's a beautiful ingredient. So bad chicken is on your list, huh? Yeah, I just can't do it. Well, since this since this interview is going to roll before Valentine's Day, do you know what you have on your menu for that day? Yes. So we're going to do a special pop-up that night. Valentine's Day is on a Tuesday. Okay. So that's going to be a fun one for us. We're going to just open a restaurant just for people reserving for Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to have a five-course tasting menu. And like I said about sharing food, I want that to be a special thing. Mm -hmm. But I think we play into the holiday where you and your special someone mm -hmm. can come in and each have your own plate and you can decide what's your favorite dish and mm -hmm. how we get through a tasting menu. I would love to share with them. So we're going to mm -hmm. do some pastas. We're going to have mm. a lobster ravioli with okay. brown butter, sage, and a little bit of that cream corn we okay. were just talking about. Okay, sure. Sounds good. Um, I picked up this beautiful, I went down to Firefly, Firefly Farm right in Plainfield by Mohegan mm -hmm. Sun, and uh, I got some local beef heart. So we're going to do some beef heart no. bolognese. Are you kidding? Yeah, I can't. It's, you know, you got to uh, put your heart into it, right? <laughs> that That is quite the place. So, yeah, that will be our that main sounds awesome. the tasting. So the only people here right now know about that, but we're going to have our tasting menu, and it's going to be special. Well, by the time this goes out, there'll be a lot more than three people who will know about it. <laughs> Tell us again the name of the farm, uh, the name of the restaurant, your address, and your hours. Get the details yeah. in one more time here. Yeah, so we are Chef's Table at Little Dipper Farm, 
right in Brooklyn, Connecticut, mm -hmm. uh, 499 Wolf Den Road. Our number is 860-412-0038. Mm -hmm. You can find me on my website, uh, Chef's Table at LDF.com. Mm -hmm. There you can place, uh, if you have a special party or if you want to know what the menu is or any kind of other special events happening with the restaurant, you can find it right there on my website. Mm -hmm. okay. um, we are open Thursday through Sunday, mm -hmm. 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. is our last reservation. Um, you can come in, we can be a walk-in, or we can make this a reservation and make it something else. Mm -hmm. um, it's totally up to the guests, and we look forward to having people in. Look, to, Stay tuned for the summer. We're looking to add uh, an additional night and operating hours. Mm -hmm. So we hope to expand as we get into the summer and fall and get out of this winter, which we yeah <laughs> which we're excited to <laughs> i was eyeing those picnic blankets and oh yeah thinking yeah. of charcuterie on the lawn and yeah it's coming so we're working directly <laughs> with the farm and all the special events that the farm has planned and mm -hmm. we are licensed to take care of any kind of special event larger and corporate events and weddings and all that fun stuff we can have it right there on the farm oh so people can book you for that too oh yeah we already have a ton of inquiries for like bridal showers okay. and baby showers mm -hmm. coming uh, towards the end of spring. Okay, great. And you can find all that information right on my website. It's on the website. Okay. How did you, how do you come up with what you put on your menu? Where does that come from? Um, a lot from my background. Mm -hmm. A lot of dishes that have inspired me throughout my career. A lot of chefs I think about who I've worked for. Mm -hmm. And what I'm thinking of now. I want to combine both those elements. Something where I was coming up and learning and caring for and then what do I what's my perspective now on food and how I see it to be done the right way mm -hmm. and then the ingredients themselves inspire me like I just said about this beef heart mm -hmm. that we're having for the bolognese on Valentine's Day mm -hmm. you know you can't just get a great beef heart anywhere you know that's not the no, easiest thing no. to source and you kind of have to know the farmer like mm -hmm. you could have to really know mm -hmm. the farmer mm -hmm. and you have to trust the process and trust that beautiful ingredient and I can't wait to just start cooking with it well, how do you find your farm connections around here? Like, you're not a local guy, are you? I'm not a local guy, but I've worked with a ton of local farmers, uh -huh. either in San Francisco or in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. I even, there was a time in my life where I thought about buying a farm. <laughs> I was like, what's going to come first, the restaurant or the farm? And then in this mm -hmm. case, the restaurant did. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, I understand the local farmer. Mm -hmm. I really do. Mm -hmm. And I care for that person. And I care for the how they raise things. And mm -hmm. I care, I trust them, you know? And so... Mm -hmm. I want to organically meet with farmers and connect with them. Mm -hmm. I have plenty of them on my phone now, and I just want to expand my network. So if you're a local farmer out there and you want to showcase your produce or protein on my menu, I cannot wait to have that moment. Well, you know, we do a thing here in town, I believe it's this month coming up pretty soon, called Know Your Farmer. Oh, cool. And it's a bunch of farmers who come together and in like a open to the community and people can talk to them and... I should tell you what the... I'll find the date of that. Yeah. And then I think about people like Chris... I think it's Chris DeCarly. He has that app that yeah. uh, where he can I've find... Where you can find farms and where you can find what you want. And you can even find if the farm has anything on hand because inventory is what you are what you may be looking for. We have a lot of uh, really creative people yeah. here. And, uh, you know, during COVID, I dug out my front yard because <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't do a CSA, but... I was like, well, I need to eat, and I don't want to go to the grocery store, so, like, yeah. what's the next option? And I was like, well, I don't have any grass up there anyway, so it doesn't matter, <laughs> right? What are some plans for the future? What are you hoping for? 
Um, so in the future, we're hoping to expand. Right now, we are a 36-seat 36 restaurant. Mm -hmm. um, as we get into spring and summer, we're going to open up the rest of the barn. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a bar. And we're going to have some really cool bar seats and areas and sections of the barn where people can have their own little corner and have their own little special table that that, that building just lends itself yeah to exactly that. and we have a big stage we're hoping to do live music mm. so stay tuned for that mm -hmm. um and then also we're hoping to open this little farmer's market right off the front of our building so you can daytime oh. hours we're, we're still working on those exact hours but we're hoping to have mm -hmm. a little farm stand more like prepared goods like a farmstead product that we create right here on the mm -hmm. farm like mm -hmm. the beautiful butter you have at the restaurant at oh, night yeah mm -hmm. you can buy that by the cup pound pint whatever you want and we'll have it served right there at the marketplace would people have to order something like that ahead of time because i could just see that like running out just so fast right yeah we'll keep up can you do that yeah we right now <laughs> right now you can't but we do have plans for selling that more as a retail item mm -hmm. um, and that would be a great presentation of the farm because we would produce great items and mm -hmm. think of like a beautiful tarragon butter or oh, some yeah. kind of rosemary butter and mm -hmm. we're fooling around with black garlic right now so we're going to have this really interesting black garlic kind of butter mm -hmm. and those are all things we curate right here on the farm. You could use that purple ube thing and have purple butter even. <laughs> yeah, there you be. go. I'm going to write that down. Write That's that down. <laughs> all right. I, I, I love ideas. I, I am in love with ideas. So I'm curious, when you're too tired to cook, because like you're cooking for like days on end, right? Yeah. And you're trying to please all these people who are hungry. When you go home at the end of the day and you're too tired to even do anything, what is your go-to? Ooh, great question. <laughs> go-to. Oh, you know, I'm a big salad kind of guy. Really? Year round. You yeah. eat your veggies? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, well, I am. I am impressed. I, you know, like I'll I, go for a bologna sandwich. You know. You know, you can add anything you want to your salad. So That's I'm true. big into like spicy greens, true. good olive oil, and then kind of what I have on hand. And um, I think right now because I go Willimantic Food Co-op. Oh yeah. New friends of oh, mine. You're, I, gonna, I, you're I, gonna go down the hill and yeah, check them out. I try to go at least once a week. Um, yeah. I'm big fans of theirs. I got mm -hmm. some local potatoes from them. Of course, mm -hmm. I cook too much at my house too, so mm -hmm. I have too many soft baked potatoes just lying around, and mm -hmm. so I'm big into like potato salad right now, which is hilarious. I love potatoes. That's kind of been my go-to, but we, we should talk in a couple weeks. It's gonna be totally different. What do you put in your potato salad? Um, so. Again, that dehydrated onion soup mix. Oh, uh, are you? Kidding? <laughs> yeah, you put that, that in there. I put that in everything. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I love that. That's that's a game that changer. That adds a great classic okay. umami flavor uh -huh. that harkens back to some like. But you gotta let onion. it sit because it's dehydrated. Otherwise, it's crunchy. You make a powder. It's a fine, fine powder. Or do you and mortar and pestle it or? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ah, there we go. Yeah, so you take that, and make a fine powder. In the restaurant, we get a little fancy. We actually pass it through a sieve. Okay. So it's super fine. You will never texturally, you will never know what's there. What else you put in there? Um, lots of red onion. Okay. I love a fine diced red yeah. onion. Yep. Raw, fold into the totally potato, agree. mayonnaise, and that secret onion soup mix. Do you have a loyalty to a certain mayonnaise? Like, not all mayonnaises are created equally, as we know, right? Yeah. You know, it's tough to find it in the store, but you can find it online. Duke's mayonnaise. Duke's. It's Do they so have it at the you I might wonder. have it. You might have it at the co-op. I wonder. We'll have to see, huh? Duke's mayonnaise, southern style. It has a little bit more apple vinegar than you expect. Oh, that's nice. And so it has a nice little kick. More that. bite. Yeah, exactly. It's a little sharp. It's on the sharper side, but it's great. So you don't put celery in? Um, no? Sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's not a fixture. Hard-boiled eggs? Oh, yeah. If I have that on hand, that's such a good call. And then how about pickle relish? 
No, no, no. got to draw the line somewhere. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And this is me at home. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk while I'm at work. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's real quick. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I am like hungry, but <laughs> and I'm not going to be eating anything anytime soon. I am so grateful, Brian, for your time. So yeah, thank you. I'm going to recap things a little bit here. I'm here with chef owner Brian Pasco from Chef's Table at Little Dipper Farm in Brooklyn, Connecticut. They are open for business. It was Thursday through Sunday, yes, right? That's correct. So people, please don't show up on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday because you'll go home and you'll be crying, right? <laughs> we we don't want people to do that, right? No, we don't want that. Make your reservations. That's probably a good idea yeah. rather than walking in. Just yeah, just because right now in the winter with such a small space. Yes. Um, I'm hoping as in the spring and summer we'll have our additional seating in place, but. Yeah, reservations preferred, but don't be afraid to just come knocking on the door and coming in. Well, my dining experience was very relaxed, and yeah, I was one of those patrons who was there for, like, literally, I was there for two hours. So, <laughs> if uh, I would say reservations are probably yeah, a good idea, but... considering there are people like me in the world. And I think that there are a lot of people like me in the world who really enjoy great food. And I would say that Chef's Table at Little Dipper Farm in Brooklyn, Connecticut qualifies as a great place to go for a meal. So with that, I'll sign off. Thanks for being with me, Brian. And uh, we'll see you guys next week on Monday, 5.05 p.m., Ravings and Cravings, here on Good Company, W-I-L-I.